Welcome to the Ninth Grade Experience. I'm your host, Chris Dutchko. As a teacher of freshmen and one of our Freshman Mentor Committee faculty advisors, I spend a lot of my school day thinking about and helping students with the successful transition from middle school to the halls of Emmaus High School. The goal of this podcast is to give you the story of the ninth grade here at Emmaus High School through the people who live it daily, the students and staff. We will attempt to touch on the real issues and stories that ninth grade students face, ranging from academics to athletics, technical school, and just trying to find your way as one person in a community of approximately 2,700 students. We will also look to speak with some of the influential staff members who play a key part in a student's ninth grade year. It is the hope that future ninth grade students and their families can use the tips and insights provided here to begin making connections to their potential new school and learn more about the day-to-day lives of the students that they will one day become and realize from day one that ninth grade counts. You can learn more about this episode and all of the episodes of the ninth grade experience by following us on Twitter at EHSFMC or at Chris Stuchko or following the hashtag EHS9Counts or our website sites.google.com slash eastpensd.org slash ninth grade experience. Before we jump into today's topic, let's thank our sponsor for this show, the East Penn Education Foundation. This podcast has been made possible through a $1,000 grant awarded to teachers like me each year who are attempting to do unique projects in the area of science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. The foundation supports programs that put learning in motion by giving students the tools they need to think actively in a complex and changing world. You can follow them on Facebook at EPSD Education Foundation, on Twitter at EPSD Ed Found, or on Instagram at EPSD Ed Foundation. Now on to the show. Entering her third year as principal at Emmaus High School, Dr. Kate Karras brings a unique perspective to leadership and an understanding of what makes a ninth grade student successful. She began her career as a high school English teacher before moving into administration as an assistant principal for academic affairs at EHS from 2006 to 2011. She then went to Palisade School District to serve as Director of Curriculum, Instruction, and Assessment, and later an Assistant Superintendent before coming back to this district. But not only does Dr. Kiris possess a bounty of educational knowledge through research and administration, she recently completed a first-hand version of living through her own ninth grade experience as a parent of a now-rising 10th grader. In this conversation, Dr. Kiris combines personal stories with practical advice, to give both parents and students a real sense of what to expect as they walk through the doors to become the Emmaus High School Class of 2023. And we're here with Dr. Kate Kiris, Principal of Emmaus High School. How is it going this morning? Great, thank you. So we're here to kick off the new school year. This episode is going to be available, hopefully, on the day of freshman orientation. So we're here with Dr. Kiris so we can get a good overview of the school, um, some ideas about what you can do as maybe a student or a parent as a ninth grader coming in to be successful, and uh, where the year is going to take us. Hopefully, it's a little bit different of a year than last year. Uh, We definitely dealt with a lot of craziness here at Emmaus High School last year with the floods and all the other weather stuff. So we're hoping for a better year this year. I would. Yes, we are. 
Um, so I start off every podcast with the same question. Um, I want you to think back. You don't have to mention the year and you don't have to mention where it was, but I want you to think back to when you were a ninth grade student. And I want you to think back and remember what your ninth grade year in high school was like. Okay, so um, I I don't remember a lot. Um, not that it was that long ago, but um, I did go to a big high school, not quite as big as Emmaus, but similar. And so mainly what I remember was just spending a lot of time just trying to figure out what my place was in the school. I don't remember being super involved in a lot of activities, although then later once I was in high school, I was really, really involved. But I think freshman year was a lot about figuring out where my niche was and and how I was going to fit and just getting my bearings in a really big school. Would you, do you remember how long that might have taken you like throughout the course of the year? Like, was there something, was there an event or something that you remember that was like, okay, now I feel like a part of my school and I feel like I can get involved with a little bit more stuff? Yeah, I would say I think once things, once school activities started to kick in, like homecoming and football games and, um, you know, those kinds of after school things um, that I started to go to, I started to feel a little bit more like a part of the high school as opposed to just sort of coming during the day and then and then leaving. So after your freshman year, you said you got more involved. What did what did involvement look like for you while you were in high school? Um, one of the things we've talked about in last season and in previous episodes was how it's really important to get involved um, at a school the size of Emmaus. So what kind of things were you involved in and how did you um, get yourself involved in those activities? So I was not an athlete, but I was really involved in um, singing and theater. So um, during the school day, I participated in the choir and then had the opportunity to sort of like audition for select choirs and try out for the play. Um, And I did that for the, you know, early part of high school. And then eventually I ended up um, trying or uh, running for a student government office. And so I got really involved in student government. And um, by my senior year, I was the president of student government. Um, so, but it was definitely a progression. I would say, um, if you'd asked me when I was a freshman, if I would have been the president of student government by (laughs) senior year, I would have definitely said, no way that won't be me, but you grow over time and you start to find your way and and feel more comfortable and get more confident. So that was my experience. Now we have some fancy microphones here, but we're not going to ask you to sing at all during this. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, but so take a look now, um, in 2019, we have our freshman class coming in in a couple of weeks here. What do you think the biggest difference that they are facing as freshmen that you faced as a freshman? And how do you think that experience is different for them or maybe even the same? A lot of people last year when we talked to them, adults, said that they kind of thought it was pretty similar except for the technology piece. So what do you kind of see um, in that regard? I think most of the dynamics are the same and most of the aspects of the school environment are the same. I mean, certainly, obviously, technology has changed the way that people communicate with each other and has added a layer of, you know, potential stress and conflict um, for kids. So I think that's something that they have to deal with, but it's something that they've been dealing with through their whole childhood. So I don't think it's necessarily something that's new or unique to ninth grade. Um I, I certainly didn't have the benefit of a ninth grade academy when I went into high school. And so um, I think the fact that our, our students do is really, really puts them at, a, at an advantage. 
And we'll talk a little bit about the, what the Ninth Grade Academy is in a little bit, but you also have a unique perspective as well, too. Um, last year, your son came up to the high school. So at this time last year, you were not only the principal of the high school worrying about ninth graders, you were worrying about your own ninth grader coming at the high school. So mm-hmm. if you can think back to how, he, how did he feel last year in those days before coming into high school, and how did you feel as a parent? Um, now, obviously, you know the school, but how did you feel about his transition here to the high school? Well, I mean, I think you'd have to ask him for his perspective. Um, but but from my observations, I think he was excited about coming to the high school. You know, every, every transition, elementary to middle, middle to high school, there's an opportunity for students to have more freedoms and, and, and more flexibility in their daily lives and their schedules. Um, and so I definitely observed him being excited about um, that extended freedom and, and, and actually being up here at the high school. Um, my, my concerns as a parent were really the same as probably anybody's in the sense that, um, you know, I knew that it was going to be a shift for him academically and personally to adjust to being in a big place and then also to adjust to the academic demands of being in high school, which are substantially different than the demands in middle school. I think he had wonderful teachers in middle school who did a nice job of preparing him. But I definitely was worried about things like um, midterm exams, final exams, um, grade point averages being calculated, you know, all those kinds of things where, you know, you realize as a parent and as a student that things are starting to matter in a different way because you're getting ready to go to college. And so, you know, you hope that all the preparation that they've had up until that point is going to prepare them to meet new challenges and demands. And we definitely had some bumps in the road over the, over the way, you know, even when you're the principal of the high school, you still can't navigate your kid's life for them. So, um, you know, he had some great experiences and some challenges, but, um, you know, I really appreciated the work that his teachers did and, and that the, his counselor did and everyone else to make sure he was going to have a good transition to high school along with everybody else that was here. And how was your transition as a parent, <clears throat> excuse me, as a parent from the beginning of the year to the end of the year? What did you notice that was different or did you get more comfortable or how did that work just in your parent role? I think I was like many parents of ninth graders, uh, well, maybe teenagers in general, trying to navigate how much um, helping him become independent. Um, and so trying to find the happy medium between um, looking over his shoulder when he's home to make sure that the homework's getting done mm-hmm. and and expecting him to take the initiative to get stuff done and, and meet deadlines. Um, because I know it's obviously really important for him to be able to do that on his own when he goes to college. And so I think I got more comfortable with my role as a you know, as, as a parent with, with my child as a high school student over the course of the year in terms of monitoring the big things, but making sure that expectations were really clear and then giving him the freedom and the opportunity to be able to meet those expectations. Tried not to micromanage him. And you, you spoke earlier about the ninth grade Academy. Um, this is your third, this will be your third year as the principal. What have you seen or the progression of that um, group from your first year to now and kind of what have you seen as the benefits for the ninth grade academy and how it has helped students um, when previously we really had mm-hmm. nothing in place for our freshmen as they came in and now we have like our orientation system we have mentors we have teachers that are kind of working collaboratively um, how would you say that that 
progression over your, th- uh, well, two to third, three years now, how has that grown and, and evolved? Well, so I also have the really unique perspective of having been an assistant principal here from 2006 to 2011, um, and then being gone for six years and coming back, and, and, and coming back into an environment where all of a sudden this ninth grade academy was in place for students, because we were talking about it all the way back then. Um, and it was it was an idea that was germinating and 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 there was a lot of desire to move in that direction. But obviously, it was a heavy lift um, organizationally to get it in place. Um, first of all, I think it was a really great example of a lot of distributed leadership because um, certainly there was admi- there was leadership from the administrative team to put the structure in place to help the ninth grade academy be successful in the sense of. Um, selecting teachers who really wanted to work with ninth graders, building a schedule that had a teaming structure, doing all those kinds of things. But it's really been amazing and impressive to me to see the way so many different people have taken an ownership over it. Um, Our two guidance counselors who now are going into their third year of working just with ninth graders gives them such a unique perspective and an ability to really support ninth graders in a unique way. Um, There's a tremendous amount of teacher leadership within each of the teacher teams where, um, you know, they have an opportunity to work together to, to meet students needs and I see them doing that Um, from a sort of statistics standpoint what we're seeing is a tremendous decrease in um, all of the indicators that you well an improvement in the indicators you'd want to see so a decrease in discipline referrals for ninth graders since the academy was put in place a significant decrease in the number of courses failed um, at the end of the year by ninth graders Um, and um, then sort of qualitatively, we see these leadership opportunities for older students. So the freshman mentors program, which I know you've been really involved in, Chris, um, has just been uh, wonderful because it's great to see. So when we have freshman orientation now on, on that day, the entire wall, of, well, both walls of the auditorium are flanked by upperclassmen, either the Hornet ambassadors or the freshman mentors. And I think that that's such a powerful statement that it makes to our ninth graders and their families when they're coming in, that there's this army of older kids who are here to help support them, that they're not going to be out there on their own, that there are going to be people who can advise and support and help them along the way. And I think goodwill is a huge part of that, but there's also now a structure in place to make sure that those mentors are having structured conversations with kids in homeroom about the things that need to matter to them. So when I mentioned my own son and, and um, you know, getting ready for midterms, well, right before midterms, there is this wonderful program that I know you've been involved in developing where um, the ninth graders get to hear from older students and their counselors and their teachers in advance of midterms so that they understand what is an exam, what's it going to look like, how do you prepare yourself, what are those days going to be like. I think you can't underestimate the importance of really preparing them for the big things that are going to happen over the course of ninth grade and doing it in a very clear and explicit way. And I think that's something that we're getting right in the ninth grade academy that is is showing some benefits for kids. As we move into the new year, is there additional things that you would like to see from the ninth grade academy? Like, I know we've progressed and, and done a lot of, of work um, with, you know, helping students, like you said, and, and getting hitting the ground running with our mentor program. But is there something that maybe even maybe that you saw as a parent or something that we could uh, help our students out with a little bit more? 
Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, of course, I think we can always improve every program that we have in the building. I think one thing that I've that I've started to see that I saw as, from the perspective of a parent was I was starting to see some really nice overlap in the types of assignments that he was doing um, in his different academic subjects. So for example, when he's writing a research paper, a re- when he's doing a research project in social studies, the skills that he's learning as far as research and text citation, note-taking, those kinds of pieces, are then being reinforced in his English class with his English teacher, where there's a consistency of approach and expectations that he's doing the same thing in each of those classes um, with those sort of foundational things like writing a research paper, taking notes, preparing for a test. And I know there have been quite a bit of like explicit conversations amongst the teachers on the team um, about having that happen. And I think it's reinforcing to know that it is. I think we can always go further in that respect to make sure that standards and expectations are consistent across multiple subject areas and wherever possible that kids are, are able to make connections between what they're doing in social studies and what they're learning in English or you know, maybe do a little bit more interdisciplinary work would be a, a neat opportunity, especially with some authentic assessments that we're starting to put in place in our classes. And you just talked a lot about the in-classroom activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you were a principal and an assistant superintendent and curriculum director and assistant principal, you were an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that you taught freshmen a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what when you taught freshmen or when you taught in the classroom, what were some of the things that you wish ninth graders would have had or kind of... Um, learned a little bit better or understood about, you know, working in like an English classroom that would have benefited them or what kind of skills, um, you know, if a parent or a student's listening to this, like what kinds of things should they be looking at uh, working to improve as they kind of enter the high school and throughout their freshman year? Um, I would say that I think um, as much as we can encourage kids to read various kinds of text and read them regularly, right? So like encouraging them to read a newspaper, whether that's on paper or online, (laughs) encouraging them to read fiction and nonfiction, to explore what their interests are with reading so that they can develop a habit of reading on a regular basis, things that they take pleasure in, but also um, having some experience approaching types of texts that they don't love so if you don't if you love reading nonfiction, but you really don't love reading fiction challenging yourself to read a novel here and there so that you develop that stamina and experience because I think the thing that 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 I always thought a lot about as an English teacher and I think about now as a principal is the amount of text that students come into contact with as a freshman in college and the um, the volume and amount of reading that they're expected to do um, and process Um, is tremendous. And so um, I think any experiences that kids can have reading outside of school is really helping prepare them to be better writers and and better prepared for college. And we're hoping as you're listening to this, if you're a student, that you completed your summer reading. Of course, of course. (laughs) And uh, hopefully you've taken the opportunity to read a little bit this summer um, for maybe some pleasure Mm -hmm. um, coming in beforehand. If Um, you haven't, there's still time. Couple weeks to go here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, thinking a little bit about where the students coming in. So, in a couple weeks, we'll have <clears throat> excuse me, we'll have our freshmen coming in. 
what kind of advice or I know I forget do you speak on the freshman orientation day I do just a little bit yes I do you have a message that you the little sneak preview here do you have like a message or like a theme for students or like something like some words of encouragement or words of wisdom that you share with them during that the opening talk yeah so usually um i i as you stated sort of earlier in this in this podcast interview um i i really highlight the fact that the one of the wonderful things about going to such a big school is how many opportunities there are to find a place where you um belong and where you enjoy being involved and so we have 52 clubs and tons of athletic teams and trips that go out to national parks every summer and all kinds of really interesting ways for kids to participate in their education even outside of the school day and so we know as you said statistically that kids who are involved outside of school do better academically and so we really really encourage students to find a club find an organization find Something that you enjoy doing, if it's fitness club, if it's key club, if it's Red Cross club, if it's Habitat for Humanity, if it's chess club, whatever it is, um, find a club, show up, be a part of it, even just pick one as a freshman. And if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. Find another one. But there's a place for everybody. Um, So that's really my message to students that, you know, high school is what high school, like so many other things in your life is what you make of it. And so you've got to put some of yourself in to get the most out of it. Um, And then my advice to parents is 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 often um, remember that your kids still really need you. They just need you in a different in different ways. So whereas in elementary school, we were going in and volunteering in our child's classroom. Now in high school, that support looks may look different. Um, but they still do need you looking over their shoulder and, and making sure that they're that they're doing what they need to do and, and staying on point and, and navigating the personal and social challenges that they're going to experience as high school students as well. Um, speaking about like the social challenges there, what have you seen in like, have you seen the difference in like, you said you were an assistant principal in 2006 through 2011, mm-hmm. um, coming in now as the principal, what have you seen as the social challenges, the difference in those challenges from freshman then to freshman now? And how have you seen like students navigate through that a little bit more, especially with the online world and, and dealing with all those kinds of issues? How have you seen that grow and, and what is some things that, you know, parents can look for, students can look for, or even like kind of things that we're doing here mm-hmm. at the high school to help with those kinds of issues. I would say that most of the, most of the like quote unquote issues are the same, right? I mean, ninth grade or 14 year olds are the same as 14 year olds have always been. Um, but, you know, you mentioned the technology piece. And when I was an assistant principal, that was back when, when cell phones had to be, um, often away for the day and they were confiscated if they were seen and your parent had to come and pick it up from school. Um, So although they were a bit of a problem, they were less, um, just less ubiquitous, right? Like there wasn't a cell phone in everybody's pocket or if there was, it wasn't a computer. It was just a phone. Um, And so I think a really important thing that parents can do that I know a lot of our parents are already doing is um, pay attention to that uh, device and um, make sure that students don't have an expectation of privacy with it. Make sure that they know that you're going to look at it, you're going to go through it periodically, you're going to check their social media accounts, um, and don't let them have their phones in their bedroom at night. Um, encourage them to, to 
charge them outside of their room. Um, we have a sleep study committee going on right now in the district where we're sort of learning about all of the things that can disrupt adolescent sleep, which is so essential for their mental health and their academic achievement. Um, and we're discovering that um, for all of us, adults and students, having a device right next to us um, at night um, is a huge sleep disruptor. Um, and especially with teenagers where there's a lot of messaging going back and forth that is creating can create anxiety for kids. Knowing that their their nights are cell phone free zones is probably a really good thing to put in place. If it if it hasn't been something that you've had in place up until this point, I think that is a really good idea. And we talked to <clears throat> excuse me talked about the techno. <clears throat> Excuse me again. <laughs> That's okay. I'm all choked up. You're doing so well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, talking about the technology piece, last year at the high school was the first year of our one-to-one -one Chromebook rollout. Mm -hmm. And then this year, every student at the high school should have their individual Chromebook. Yep. Uh, for the students that are coming up this year, um, I believe they're getting them for the first time for eighth they grade are. to ninth grade. So mm -hmm. what can you tell parents about what you saw last year from our ninth graders that got Chromebooks for the first time? And mm -hmm. what advice could you give parents um, or and students too of just kind of... Um, using the Chromebook, not necessarily like the, the nuts and bolts of it, but just kind of what you have heard the expectations are here at the high school and what students should be kind of um, expected to do with those Chromebooks? I think the Chromebooks have been a great tool. I know that students have appreciated having them um, and teachers have appreciated having them too. They're not a substitute for great teaching and great learning. And so, you know, obviously we do a lot of work here to try and really highlight what does great teaching and learning and assessment practices look like and how do we use technology to leverage those things. Um, but I think students have appreciated having the availability of the technology. I think one of the biggest shifts has been um, in the way that um, teachers and students and parents communicate with each other and the way that you can sort of stay on top of your learning. More and more and more of our teachers, if not all of them at this point, are or will be using Google Classroom to mm -hmm. communicate with students. I think we're about a year out from moving over to a more powerful learning management system like Canvas or Blackboard. Um, that would be an um, even more robust way of storing and delivering instructional material. Um, but what I hear from, from parents and kids is sort of challenges around, well, how do I know what's due when? Um, and I think still sometimes students struggle with, in, in, in one of my classes, my teacher posts things on Google Classroom, and in another one of my classes, the teacher writes assignments on the board. Yeah, and in a third on one that. of my classes, <laughs> the teacher posts things on Google Classroom and writes it on the board. <laughs> Um, so I think it's important to know that Google Classroom is and, and the Google Suite are an important component of having the Chromebook. And now that we can depend on students having Chromebooks consistently every day, we're going to see more and more assignments um, posted and submitted electronically. And so I think that may be something that students are less accustomed to coming up from the middle school um, and something that they want to prepare for. Um, and also for parents to know that um, you get one piece of information out of PowerSchool, which is, is the grades that your students have earned. Um, but if you're looking to have a better sense of what's being assigned, you may want to, on a sort of regular basis, sit down with your child at night and ask them to show you their Google Classroom um, and take a look through the classes and look at the assignments and see what's coming up and what's due. The, the, the pairing of those two things is important. And I think sometimes... Um, 
people might not be aware of how much information is going out through Google Classroom that's important for kids. And we do have some new um, programs that the, the district's using this year, like PowerSchool and mm-hmm. some other things too, that will be interesting for parents and students to now have to navigate through that at the beginning of the year in order to get a little bit more information and some of the early looks. It seems like you can get a little bit more information than you used to get in the old system, just kind of a little bit more descriptive um, with grades and, and assignments and such, and maybe even having like assignments posted through the grade system a little bit. We're getting our training. The teachers are getting our training throughout the summer here and and a little bit at the back to school time. So that'll be something I think we're all going to kind of learn together Mm -hmm. and kind of uh, add uh, add to it there. Um, So thank you so much for your time. A couple more questions here as we kind of wrap up. Um, The first thing is... Uh, Emmaus High School, really large school, about 27, 2,800 kids, depending Mm -hmm. on the day that you ask the enrollment person. Mm -hmm. Um, What is one popular misconception that you have heard about Emmaus High School that you would like to clear up for people. Um, it seems like, you know, everyone comes in with the story and if they have a brother or sister, they have the, the tales about Emmaus High School and they have, you know, you know, there's no pool on the third floor. We know all those kinds of things. <laughs> but like as somebody that oversees the building and kind of, you know, does a really good job of trying to set the tone for what Emmaus High School is like, what is like something that you hear, but you want to like kind of clear up that it's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, that that's that's difficult. Um, but I I guess I would say that I think um, sometimes the perception is that the the big bad high school is a is a an um, less than welcoming place or a place where um, you know if you have a need you you're not going to get it met. Um, because there are so many students or um, and I, I think we really do try as a, a faculty and administrative team to be responsive when people reach out to us with concerns um, and also I think the the idea of it being a big school and so your child is going to just be a number and um, you know I think we work really hard um, to make sure that students have adults who are advocates in the building and people who care about them and teachers who are passionate about what they're teaching and also passionate about kids. Um, and so I, I would encourage folks to, um, if you're really worried about your ninth grader coming to the big bad high school, just, (laughs) um, you know, make sure that they, that they, um, are excited about coming and um, reinforce to them that they're going to interact with a lot of people who love students and love their subject areas and there are going to be lots of opportunities for them here. And that if they are struggling, to tell somebody, to tell you as a parent and then to reach out to us. Reach out to your child's counselor, their assistant principal. Reach out to a teacher that, that you trust or, or like and um, trust that, that we're going we're gonna, to um, provide the support that your child needs. And... Uh, can you just go through, we've talked about counselors, but we haven't named them by name. And, and let's just go down the list of like, who's going to be who. So you are the principal of the entire uh, building. I am. Yes. So that's one of those things that people often overlook because they know they're, they know their ninth grade principal who mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a second, but they kind of always forget like there's the principal at the top and then who is going to be the ninth grade principal this year if we know at this point so mr fortier is going to be our ninth grade principal he was our 11th grade principal last year and he's excited to take over the ninth grade academy um and yes so so um you know in general when when you have a concern um about something you always want to take it to sort of the fur the the most direct line of 
communication that you can. So if it's a question about something that's going on in a classroom or a concern about something that's going on in a classroom, you reach out to the classroom teacher. Um, if it's something that's a broader concern about your child's education or about the school, you can certainly reach out to their guidance counselor or reach out to their assistant principal. And who are, and just sorry to interrupt, but yeah. who are those guidance counselors for our oh, freshmen? Oh, yes. So we have two guidance counselors for ninth grade, uh, Mr. Mike McInerney and Mrs. Colleen Demchak. Um, and I'm not sure exactly which which letters of the alphabet each of them serves, but it I, is printed on the top of students' schedules. I think in previous years, Mrs. Demchek was the beginning of the alphabet and Mr. McInerney was the M. That sounds the right. Yes, to match their last names, D and M. I okay. don't know. Maybe they well, thought that. Well, that's an easy way to remember it. And if not, then we'll just assume that that's why they did it. <laughs> and certainly you can always just call the counseling office and, and ask for your child's counselor and they have a, a list of, of which kids fall under which, which adult. But um, yes, they are both real experienced counselors and good people to reach out to with anything. Thing that, that you need to ask a question about. And then final question here is just, um, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but as we close up here, is there just any words of, you know, advice or, you know, something that, you know, when you walk in through the doors of Emmaus High School, you know, in a couple weeks as a freshman, what is the one thing that you hope that, you know, they leave with at the end of their freshman year as they kind of go through that process and kind of what are you hoping to see from from this uh, incoming ninth grade group? I'm hoping that they come in excited to be here. I'm hoping that they take advantage of the opportunities that are available to them in the high school. <clears throat> and I'm hoping that by the time they finish their freshman year and head into their sophomore year, they have solid footing academically. They feel like they're prepared to to move on to the next grade. They have some ideas about what excites them in terms of their learning, what subjects they're really interested in, um, and what courses they might want to take to enhance that learning as they go through high school. Um, and I'm really hoping that they see a place for themselves here and an opportunity to um, make an impact, whatever that looks like, through involvement in some kind of club or organization. And um, I think through the, your leadership and through the things that we have in place here, I think it really sets up a great opportunity for students to really um, make the uh, experience their own, as you kind of said earlier. So uh, thanks to Dr. Kiris for taking time out today. If you need to find her, she is in the main office. Her door may be open. Um, obviously, you have to check in through the main office first um, to, to uh, ask to speak to her, but she does try to get out there and interact mm -hmm. with students a whole lot. She is not the type of administrator that hides behind the door. She likes to be out there. Mm -hmm. So you'll see her in the hallways and all throughout the building. Um, so hopefully you see her around and you get to know her. And thank you for taking some time out this morning to introduce yourself to everybody and uh, set us up for the 1920 school year. Thank you very much, Chris.